0: Hey, Canadian podcasters. The Canadian Podcast Awards are in full swing, and it's your turn to cast your vote. Join us in recognizing the remarkable talent and creativity of your peers in Canadian podcasting. Make your voice heard by voting for the podcasts that have kept you entertained and informed, and help crown the champions of the Canadian Podcast Awards. It all happens at campodawards.ca. Voting closes November 12th. You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We, the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone, and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode, number 374, we're discussing Loki season two i'm your host tim and i'm ian welcome back on to the sacred timeline where we're here talking about loki season two we took a little bit of a drift onto, i would say a multiversal branch there for a few minutes but we're back here man and i'm pumped to talk about loki this week you know it's a a show that we did a little of a build up to and now we have four episodes And one huge cliffhanger that we're reflecting back on before we get to episodes five and six that are dropping this week and next week that will end Loki season two. But man, before we get into discussing this season, this MCU show on Disney Plus, how have you been, my friend? Being good, man. Being good.
1: Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting time because there hasn't been that much coming out in terms Slow. of like shows and movies. But like, I actually have been super busy with kind of nerd nerd stuff. Just because um, there were some movies the creator came out late here in Japan, so I went to watch that, and I actually you know had a great time watching that movie. Um, but the biggie for me was video games, man. Like it's mm-hmm. been insane. Mm-hmm. We had like the you know I'm a big like Sonic guy, so Sonic Superstars came out. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that with my kids, and then Mario and Spider Man Two came out, and um, those both those games are game changers, man. Like like Mario Wonders is such a great game to play with with family. I definitely recommend that for for anyone. It's such a fun and has lots of original ideas. It's such a good game, but Spider Man Two, man, like I finished it the main story yesterday. And every single time I put on that game, something happened that blew my mind, man. Like, really, it was that good. Reveals after reveals, and yet, like, the story's great. the The development of the characters, even some of them villains that are only in it for a moment, you know, it's so well done and so well executed. And for me, like, the the main thing is just like the dynamic between, you know, Miles, Peter, and MJ in that game. Is something that we've not seen, I think, even in movies. Like wow. they seem so real in the game. And I guess because you spend a lot of time as them, you're kind of invested in their their stories. But man, it's so good. Like the guy who plays Miles, I forget his name, the actor's name. Um, he was in the movie Wonder. But man, they should they need to cast him as Miles Morales mm-hmm. in live action. Cause like that game was insane absolutely insane
0: i'm glad to hear that i've heard lots of positive things about it and it was like a massively anticipated game coming off the back end of the first one Mm -hmm. and i'm so pleased to hear that you've had a good time with it because it's one of those things like sometimes those games are hit and miss especially a sequel a follow-up sequel to something that was really well received and even with miles morales It's the lowest hanging fruit in superhero movies that has not been touched. Like yes, you have him in across the Spider-Verse and you have him in animation, but you're like you're talking live action. No clue. There there must be a Sony Marvel Studios clause or something that is preventing that character from making his debut in live action, either with Sony or inside of the MCU. Like I do not understand why he has not made an appearance yet. They, they, he will like he. I percent. Oh,
1: Spider Man, Spider Man Four will bring in Miles Morales.
0: You think so? Like the Tom Holland Spider Man Four will bring in Tom or will bring in Miles Morales? I'm pretty sure it will. And the thing is, you could keep Tom Holland as because he's. I mean, he's getting older
1: as it goes along, and he, you know, him as a mentor for for Miles Morales. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have a big chunk of that movie with a Miles Morales character, and then allowing him to then have some That'd kind cool. of solo movie but, but i mean like they have to because mm-hmm. everybody loves miles morales like yes. people love the spider verse people have accepted him man like i think they might be worried at the start bringing a new spidey character and moving away from peter but man like people like him Seems to like him more than peter parker like mm-hmm. and and the way that this game executes his character and their relationship and how it kind of ends uh the game ends like if they did that in movie form i guarantee be the best spider-man movie we'd ever mm-hmm. received like because it's such a great dynamic that you can have with these two spider-man characters and um them both being from very different backgrounds but yet they have very similar ideals and you know they're both Uh, really great kind of inspiring heroes i think what you could really do with those two characters and how they could play off one another and then you know some you know peter could take a break or miles could take a break or you could change locations and stuff and i think they have to i mean everybody loves spider-man so i don't see why they haven't done it already
0: no agreed well hopefully like you said your your prediction comes true here and we get him in spider-man 4 but before we get the spider-man 4 before we get to the next tranche of mcu movies and one of those movies coming out here you know is it this weekend or next weekend we get the marvels i think it's next weekend we get tenth, the marvels the 10th yes no,
1: i think it's 10th here so yeah a couple of
0: weeks yes yeah, so yeah, it'll be so ne- next, week next week we get the marvels so we're getting our our i guess the last mcu movie of 2023 and potentially the last one till we get sometime into mid 2024, but the TV shows are still being dropped on Disney Plus, and the one we're here to talk about today, and I think it's significant that we talk about this show at this point in time in the episode count and in the story because of the massive cliffhanger that happened in episode four and where they actually take it and how it connects to the larger MCU story one of my biggest issues with with season one in the MCU is that they didn't ever really properly integrate that story into the wider multiverse saga as was promised inside of the it's all connective narrative that goes through the MCU but before we kind of step on that thread, let's talk a bit more about Loki. The first four episodes, what are your general impressions of this vehicle for Tom Hiddleston's character Loki? He's been with us since 2010. So he's into his second decade playing this character, which is absolutely wild. But how have you felt about this show? You know, we're coming off of a huge Ahsoka Star Wars show. We've had some hit and miss in the Disney plus space secret invasion. i had amped up. I was so excited for it really nose dived towards the back half of it. But how is this one holding up for you? Um, I think it's
1: overall, it's, it's been, it's been really good. Like I think it's a bit different for me with this than Ahsoka because Ahsoka I had some kind of connections with yeah. that character prior with rebels, with Clone Wars and, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that really pleased me about that show was the connection, the connectivity and my, you know, understanding of the stuff that came before. Whereas with Loki, it's it's kind of very fresh and it's very new and he's a character that I'm not so familiar with. Um, and I loved the first season of Loki. It still is my favorite uh, of of all the shows. So this one, I went in with high expectations and I think overall for me, it has been meeting those expectations for the most part. Like, uh, I don't know if we'll get into specific episodes, but like the first episode of that show, I would say, is one of my favorite again episodes of MCU television of Loki season of, two or season,
0: season two. one, season two. Yeah, season yeah. two.
1: So, season two, the first episode of season two, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Like, I loved everything about it, I thought it was. Beautifully shot, like that was the thing that stood out for me. Like mm-hmm. the wide angles that they had, and they were just like one takes where they'd be walking down the corridor, and there was just so much like attention to detail, and the ent- interaction with the characters, and then they'd pan into another shot, and they'd walk into the shot, and it was just so well filmed. It was so cinematic. So I absolutely loved that episode. Um, as the story progressed, I thought like the, the, as they went on, like the there were things that they threw in which had kind of big impact and they kind of shrugged them off a little. And I understood why they did that. It was kind of to you know, bring characters like Sylvie back into the story. Um, so I didn't have an issue with it. I think the third episode for me is where it dropped. And it oh, was the only where they because... go back
0: to Chicago in the 1800s. It was because of Victor
1: Timely. Major's performance in that killed it for me, man. <laughs> like I could not stand it and I I thought, what is going on here? It's like pantomime. It's like so over the top. It's so ridiculous. And I, I couldn't I couldn't get with it, man. Like I couldn't wait for the episode to finish. <laughs> but there were there were aspects of the episode that I did like. It was just that when he was in it, at the end they dialed it down because other characters came in and they kind of were talking a lot more than he was. Um but then episode four kind of redeemed itself for me. Like, again, mm-hmm. episode four, they dialed it down a little. He wasn't necessarily the focal point for most of the episode. And what happened in the fourth episode and how that was filmed, again, you know, top tier MCU yeah. content for me, man. Like, and the funny thing is, the first episode and the fourth episode were created directed by the same people. Um, were they? So Yeah, and it's... So Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead—I got their names here—but they're gonna—they've actually been now um hired to do the new Daredevil. So the Daredevil lost their, oh,
0: okay, uh, and director they're also and directing the been... last two episodes of this show too. Oh, really? Episode, okay. Episode so... five and six—that's that's what it's posted as. They're directing the last two.
1: The—they, I think they're—they're they're incredible. Like they're a great team together. I think one of them is it's more of a cinematographer. The other guy's more of a director. And when they're together, you can just see how well everything fits together and how beautiful the shots are. And so, yeah, I'm so happy to hear hear about those last two episodes.
0: Now, how yeah. about you?
1: It seemed like you, you had a slightly different feel maybe for the third episode.
0: Yeah, I, as a whole, I've thoroughly enjoyed this season. I think it it's very much a piece of the larger and grander Loki story. It feels like we went from season one directly into season two. There didn't feel like there was this big break or there was a different direction taken where it felt that it wasn't part of the same story, which I really liked. It felt like Mm -hmm. they filmed it all at once to a degree. Like there's some little things here and there. And I'm I'm loving seeing Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson back into these roles, and then you're adding in the character of OB and then Sylvie. Come, like I find that the cast of characters I'm I'm really connected with, and I'm, and yeah. the stakes of it I think are are quite high because I really don't know what's gonna happen here, and that makes to me every episode it makes it feel a little bit more tense because yeah. we're not dealing. It's not like we we have a show with Captain America or Thor or something like that where we kind of like okay they're very likely to make it to the end of this. The, all these characters could die in this show. Yeah. Loki could die in this show. Like there's there's no need, or at least direct MCU implications need to construct an Avengers team out of any of these characters. And mm-hmm. so realistically, who knows? And so I find that makes each episode feel like it has some major stakes. And I've been really yeah. enjoying that, that tense piece of it. And then even I episode three. A, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then even episode three, when we get to the Victor Timely stuff, I I hear and I see exactly where you could have issues with it. But the thing I liked about it, it was just such a stark contrast to what was done with him as He Who Remains and with him as Kang. I don't know what's going to happen with him going forward, but I like that it felt like a completely different character. And my guess is that's why it was done a little bit over the top. To make it mm-hmm. feel like a completely different human being to a degree. Like a different variant of Kang that has different objectives, different speech, different everything. And I think that that separated out enough where it wasn't essentially just Jonathan Majors like three or four different times. You know, you, you there has to be some stark contrast here. And maybe it was too much. Yeah. But I, I did enjoy it. and. I, I kind of like the bumbling professor thing that he was doing. And so I felt mm-hmm. I felt fine with it. And the biggest issue I have, to be honest with you, is I don't understand all of it and what's happening. And maybe we're not meant to at this point.
1: Yeah, well, all the time stuff that we've got in anything has kind of confused me. Like the Miss mm-hmm. the Marble stuff confused me because she kind of went back in time and she changed the past and then that changed the future. And it was like, well, that's totally goes against anything mm-hmm. we've been told before. And I think with this one they really do they are really playing with time. And I think it's got to a point where you're gonna have to just forget about it and, and just yeah. and just go with it. But I totally well, agree. The, the stakes is the stakes is the big one for me. I think that's also something that has been missing in so much of the mm-hmm. recent stuff that we've been getting. And they've been giving us big stakes, but they don't feel earned or they don't feel you don't don't feel it. With this show. Every episode, man, you really do feel it. And I think that was yeah. my favorite part. The second episode, I loved that scene. Um, I forgot the, the, she's the security, the head of security. I uh, forgot the actress's name, wunmi or Wuma or whatever her name is. She was like, had such a great performance in the episode. Whereas when she's like looking up at the screen and the timelines uh, being pruned, and she's getting upset, and she's like, yes. those, those are people. Man, like, I was, like, really super emotional, man. I'm like, well, this is, this is crazy, because when you think about it, this is bigger than anything Thanos did. This is not yeah. just one universe, and he's taking it half. This is whole universes, billions and billions of life forms that just disappear. And it's a kind of weird concept. It's hard to get your head around, because when a timeline's created, you end up with basically a nonlinear multiverse. So it's already existed from start to mm-hmm. end. And then they prune it and it disappears. So it's kind of like, you know, any of the Sonyverse stuff that we got, you know, could actually be pruned or, you know, any of these different things that we've got. Basically, we're just losing a whole universe, every single character in that universe, every single human, every single life form. So it's crazy to think how much life is basically being formed and being destroyed in each of these episodes and when you do really think about that it does really add a lot of kind of depth and stakes It does give you that real feel of of you know dread and and uh makes everything matter that happens in the show so i think that's a really good good thing that they're doing and they're achieving with this
0: yeah yeah and they're and they're achieving it i think in in spades it's it it's complicated And I have a hard time because I've always tried to rationalize these time travel movies and try to find the basically the Bible or the guidelines that they're using to keep this idea and this concept contained and so that they're following certain rules and they're able to justify, well, if we do this, this happens so that there's a cause and effect of everything that they do in the show. And they play a little fast and loose with it across the whole MCU and that's probably an issue with me but it's it's not the simplest of ideas where time like you said is non-linear and when things branch off you end up with a complete universe is happening and how all this like the the whole idea of like the temporal loom and it converts raw time into physical a physical timeline the sacred timeline and how that all is makes sense yeah well like it, it's like the
1: when when the thing that was I was confused about as well was that, you know, um the hero who, who remains, his castle is like at the centre of it, right? And you got the kind of the sacred timeline surrounding mm. him. And he kind of explains earlier that, that this is a place outside of time. But yeah. then when Rensselaer goes there, um his body's decomposed. And I'm like, I'm totally confused now because like I thought this place existed outside of time. So <laughs> you know whatever happens there, like so that was that was kind of confusing and yeah, the the timelines like the the loom seems to be this thing where basically it's it's kind of collecting like an unlimited amount, like these crazy amount of of timelines. And yeah. it kind of, you know, brings them down into a smaller more manageable kind of rope and I, yeah, I, I don't really, I, cause I was thinking, is it kind of bringing them into one main timeline? It just like basically. I think that's what it's doing.
0: It's, it's, it's taking my understanding from the OB description is that it's taking all this raw time that exists and it funnels it down into a physical single sacred timeline. Yeah. And when you stop clipping or pruning that sacred timeline that will have periodic splays off, that's what's creating more and more of this raw energy. And so it's taking all of these, all of this raw time, all of these different timelines and universes and all that, and then trying to shove it back through the loom to create a single timeline. That's where like this overload is happening. Yeah, And so you're just creating more and more, Raw material to shove into the same loom to create this sacred timeline, and so let's talk about. We'll we'll get back to some of the characters, but as we're on this thread here, let's talk about the end of episode four. This huge, massive, one of the biggest, I think, cliffhangers in the history of the MCU is that essentially the loom explodes. Well, first you see Victor Timely meeting his demise and just completely unraveling, which was very unexpected. That's the thing.
1: Like I was, I was wondering if that like.
0: I, you watch it
1: when I watched it first. I thought, wow, he's just like just vaporized basically. They just like just unraveled him into all these pieces. But I was like, I don't know. He's, like, I don't really know what's going on there. Was are all of the threads that came off him versions of a Kang? Like, are all of these eon tangles and each of those strings, those pieces are. Hmm. You know, different versions of Kang going into their different timelines into yeah, their, the multiversal well, timeline. It,
0: it's the same. It's the same effect that was used, I believe, in Infinity War when Thanos does the reality snap on one of the Guardians of the Galaxy and they kind of come undone, like a, almost like a reality busting thing. And my understanding is that that radiation, when at least from the first couple of episodes, when they walk out into it, and it's like slowly eroding. The suits yeah. and all that—that that it's it's basically speeding up and slowing down time, and so essentially, you know, something hits it and it kind of erodes a bit of time, and it's like almost the radiation just explodes, and the body isn't able to handle all of that. I okay. took it as well, that's, his. That's death. good for me because like Victor time is gone, so I'm. I'm yeah, happy. he's he's long gone. Another <laughs> king's likely showing up, but the Loom explodes, and yeah. without the presence of the Loom, there's likely no TVA. And what happens when all of our characters are exposed to this radiation? Or is it the loom is gone, therefore the sacred timeline is gone, and that just allows all this raw energy to be formed in and you actually get a true multiverse. So yeah, what do you think's like geez. what do you think comes out of this? Because we had two episodes here, and that was that was huge. Like that could be the end of Loki, it's not, but that was that's a humongous cliffhanger. It was it was insane.
1: Like and again, like I really did feel the absolute dread. Like again, mm-hmm. the performances from Hiddleston and everybody just looking like it's over, it's like no. it's done. But it's kind of like, what does that mean? And I think the the negative point is that we've been given trailers and we've seen more stuff within those trailers, mm-hmm. so we know. Of course, we know more stuff's coming, but we know that they're going to go to other, you know, universes, multiverses and see characters mm-hmm. living their lives in certain ways. Um, I think what they're trying to do here, that, I think it's actually going to come together at the end really well. In their, It's like what Kang explains at the end of the first season where, like, you know, he said, you'll kill me now and it'll create all of these Kangs and there'll be another wall which will lead to me existing again and I'll be right back in this seat and it seems to be this this kind of cycle mm-hmm. and that's why I'm I'm wondering whether the show will have a major impact or if it'll just end with it being very self-contained with this cycle repeating itself because we've seen another version of loki and he's going to go through that whole process again the one that loki prunes yeah you know and I thought that was a really clever um a, a kind of really clever delivery but i i don't know now i i feel like this is supposed to happen to lead to the creation of the Kangs. i got a feeling that you know with um loki when he was time slipping
0: mm-hmm. maybe
1: this explosion is actually he's related to that time slipping thing because that was never explained why he was time slipping and maybe yeah. In the trailers, we see him time slipping again, so maybe it had some some kind of impact there. Um, and even the whole thing with timely, like me not liking timely, might actually be part of the story in the way that the he who remains basically tells Renslayer to deliver this book, and it makes me wonder: Did he ask her to deliver the book to the the worst? Kang, mm-hmm. like to Victor Timely, who's totally hopeless and isn't going to be able to stop the loom from blowing up, and that's why he was brought in in the first place. If they'd gone somewhere else or found someone else or a different yeah. version of Kang, that Kang might have been able to stop the loom from exploding. So it just might be a cycle in the way that they're that that everything that happens here was pre-planned by mm-hmm. He Who Remains. Yeah. Um, but but from from where it's going to go with these next two episodes, I don't really know where Loki and Sylvie and what their motivation is now and what they're going to be trying to to prevent or what they're trying to achieve. So it'd be interesting to see where their motivations lie now, mm-hmm. um, wherever they t- wherever they turn up.
0: Well, and it's going to be hard too because their whole thing through the season has been about preserving free will and the ability for people to live their lives as they were meant to be and not as part of the he who remains sacred timeline where things are meant to be a certain way they're forced a certain way for the timeline to exist in a certain in a certain space very much like the problem with the snap and bringing people back is is what do you do like do you bring everybody back do you is the goal to get back to the sacred timeline, but then effectively their mission to prevent the overprinting of free will by Kang is they're basically doing what he has to do. Like at the start of the season, I was like, Oh, Loki's going to end up running the TVA by the end of the show and doing it slightly Mm -hmm. differently. But it looks like the TVA is just going to disappear. And that is going to be, where the multiverse comes in my, my going back to my biggest complaint from Loki season one, when he who remains was killed and they implied that that was the start of the multiverse. It's that isn't actually true. That was the catalyst for the beginning of the end, if you will. But it seems like this show is going to be where we get the true MCU multiverse nucleating from like this is where it where it starts is this show not the last show and maybe the multiverse of madness and maybe no way home were just little blips on the way that were caused by the death of he who remains but the true impact of his death and the destruction of the sacred timeline we essentially end up with the mcu multiverse where the fox and all this stuff all exists and it's just all there like i it's it's confusing as all hell but it's it's been an en- yeah. enjoyable to watch
1: it's been it has been enjoyable like i am still confused you know by certain things like especially the you know the the variants that we were getting in the first season and then it creating these other multiverses and where are they coming off on the timeline is this prior this is post loom i guess mm-hmm. and you know why are those things happening and um Sylvie's a little bit of a confusing one for me cuz she's kind of flip-flopping back and forth between the the sides and you know she's trying to prevent as many deaths as possible. I, I think her performance in the last the latest episode was was fantastic like you know where she kind of gets upset with them because uh, what's his name uh Oh Wilson's character like he's you know he's just like get some pie and Sylvie's you know really distraught by by it and she's just really trying to stop people in these timelines being wiped out and dying because of what happened to her but at the same time I don't know where she wants things to end up you know mm-hmm. with this Lumic blowing up she was trying to stop it in the end you know and now it's it's kind of it's all open isn't that exactly what she wants But then she i guess she comes to that realization that it's going to lead to the creation of the Kangs anyway so for her i don't know what her motivation can be now it just doesn't seem and that's that's why i'm interested about the next two episodes because yeah quite intriguing how it's gonna what what are they what are they trying to achieve is there anything they can stop but it's interesting like you you talking about it you know being having that that huge impact on things to, to come it makes me wonder if that will ever happen. I don't know. I'm not fully convinced yet because... Well, you look
0: at the Avengers movies that they've announced, so the Kang Dynasty, so there's something there with... Yeah. It ties into Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, And then there's Secret War, which it looks like it's going to be the compression of multiple universes into a single timeline again. But instead of it being the sacred timeline, it's basically a patchwork. Like if you go from Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run, it's like a patchwork of all these different universes amalgamated into a single planet. And you have all of this stuff interacting. And I think that's where Deadpool fits into all of this. Yeah. I, I
1: agree with you there. And I can totally see where you're coming from. And it makes total sense. My only, the only things that put me off that are number one, Kevin Feige said, that you don't have to watch the shows to understand the movies. Mm-hmm. He kind of said that pretty early on. Like, it, it didn't have to be a commitment that you had to sit through you know, all these seasons of shows. And the other thing is that people aren't necessarily watching Loki season two. No. Like, it's not that popular. And people love the first season. But I think the stuff that's come before that, you know, before this season, with the other shows and some of the movies has really put people off. And nobody's talking about Loki online. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. seeing people discussing it. You know, on podcasts, it doesn't seem to come up that much. Um, people are saying they're going to watch it, but they're in no rush to watch it. Yeah. And it's a big risk. Like, if you're going to put everything on that, like this, what happens in this show basically forms all of these universes that will lead into the other movies. If something like Deadpool, Deadpool 3, relies on this show which in a sense seems like it does because of who we see we've seen the kind of the with Wolverine and, and so on um, it seems to feed into it but it's a big risk for for Marvel to to take I think and they've clearly done it before with Miss Marvel and Wonder with the Marvels because it, it seems like you need to have watched those shows and those mm-hmm. movies to understand that next one. I just don't know if Loki, if they're going to take that risk, if it's going to be as big as you, as we might think. I think it will have an impact, but I also feel there it might be a level of self-containment in the sense that it's just a kind of cycle. Um,
0: yeah, and I think you're, you're right in the sense that it's not going to be required material. It's, as we've always kind of called these shows, it's just supplemental. It enhances the experience but it doesn't detract from the experience of the, of the common movie goer. But I think what it, they can do in like a Kang or anything like that, they can just say the multiverse, something happens somewhere in the multiverse sprung into existence. That can be in the opening credits. And that's all like, that's all that the person needs to know. If you want to know what, how it sprung into existence, go back and watch this type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. the the necessity to understand how it came to existence I don't think is going to be required but if you want to know how it came into existence there's material there to enhance your experience and so i think that's what all these Disney plus shows need to be outside of introducing the basics of a character here's sheer you here's moon knight this is what the character looks like this is what the character is about this is the fundamentals of them and then they're going to show up in a movie Same with Miss Marvel. Like you'll probably get a scene where she's just walking and talking and saying, This is who I am. I got these powers from this bracelet or whatever, and that's it. That's something that, you know, I've talked to in the past with even like Carlos about this, about the idea that they've recognized that they need to veer away from that direct line connection between the Disney Plus shows and the movies. And they're starting to move away, provide some separation like they have in the past. Mm -hmm. But Then you go to the Star Wars side of the argument and you're going to have to watch Ahsoka season one, maybe season two to understand this Thrawn movie that's coming. You know what I mean? Like to have the emotional investment, to have the character investment, to understand the stories, where all these characters came from. Like it's, it's kind of a catch 22 because you have this great platform to tell stories that we would never ever see on the big screen. But then you are impacting your common movie gore, your casual movie gore, even your tangentially exposed MCU fan that doesn't you know follow everything as closely as we do, but then they get kind of scratched in their heads. And and so you create kind of this weird complex where it's what do you like, how do you do this? What do you do with this? You want it. Like the fundamental piece of the MCU and the storytelling is that everything matters and everything's connected in the same way the comic books are. I've said this in the past that the MCU now is way more reflective of its source material in the essence of a comic book universe is that you can read Spider-Man and the Avengers. You don't have to be reading Deadpool and X-Men and all this to understand the whole universe. You can pick and choose your little pockets and then they come together and you're like, Oh, it's an Avengers team that has all these characters on it. You just kind of go with it. And so I think Mm -hmm. like that formula of comic books is being reflected way more than it ever has with the mcu in phase four and phase five and what would be phase six the sense that you don't have to watch everything to understand certain characters or the avengers movies you can kind of just go and plug in like how many people watched all five movies going into avengers one you know what i mean i think a lot of people my guess is including disney and kevin feige are worried about how big this universe has gotten you know, people were really committed to this idea all the way up until end game and then kinda of just fell off. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope
1: I hope that is the case and I hope it does get a bit more traction and people do get sucked back into it. I mean, like even with my wife, she said that she's she's not really interested in Loki season two and she kind of enjoyed season one but she did Same with my wife. She said yeah. she, she said she didn't she didn't understand it. And I think with yeah. this one she would it'd be even more confusing just because i guess she doesn't really want to go into it and kind of think about things too much like i was watching, she loves guardians of the galaxy and i was watching loki the other day and she was just like she said to me where are where are all the aliens and then that made me think like why are they why is everybody human at the TVA? Mm. and then i'm starting asking all these questions like they keep talking about people dying on these timelines but in fact we know there's yeah. planets all over the universe and actually it's not just humans every time you destroy a timeline you're destroying everybody like the aliens Mm -hmm. and the creatures and everything else so yeah i think when you think too much about it it'd be nice if especially for a more casual viewer they do keep things in the way that there is that connectivity and is that content is there if you want it um if you want to kind of build on the story and want a bit more depth but at the same time you can move forward and you can understand Mm -hmm. it with without that and, like Kevin Feige recently said that, like he said that they've only scratched the surface of of you know the stories that they they can tell, and there's like so much more to come and there's so much bigger bigger stories, so it'd be interesting to see if they can they can pull that off for me, mm. I just feel like I think we need we just need some characters to care about, and I think that's something that's kind of missing um you know when the m c u really kicked off we started to have these characters that everybody loved. We had an Iron Man and we had a Captain America. Mm -hmm. We had a Black Panther. And I think just at the stage that we're at now, there isn't really heroes that people are really kind of connected to and they want to see go forward. So I'm hoping that what Loki does is ends with just total chaos, multiverses all over the place. And then it gives them all of that kind of space to then play with to bring in new versions of characters that we mm-hmm. that we really like and then that will then lead into the the big um you know the, the secret wars and stuff and then you yeah. might even see some of the oldies come back fighting some of the new guys and i think that'd be pretty cool too
0: yeah it's it's so it's gonna be cool i think it's gonna allow them like you said to take the handcuffs off a little bit and to progress with this but your point about them not us not having characters to care about in the same way we did, it's because this universe is so big now. There's so many characters. And we'll go times where we'll go years without seeing characters where if you go back to phase one, phase two, phase three, like we saw Cap like eight or nine times across the, the 20 movies, right? So we're seeing him basically once a year from 2011. I think Evans makes an appearance almost every year up until endgame. And with this covid break and this writers strike and like some of these characters we will have not seen or or heard from in years. And yeah. that's going to have a detrimental effect to the level of engagement that people have. And when you explode this universe out To not only having all these TV or these Disney Plus characters, then you're bringing in Daredevil and you're bringing in all of these other elements. It's going to get hard for people to keep track of. And that's why I constantly make this analogy back to the comic book universe. Like comic books have been like this for literal decades, where you basically just pick where you want to stay. You don't read every single Marvel comic book that comes out every week. You don't read every DC one. You pick where you want to be you follow that story you get engaged with that story and if it crosses over something else very cool if not okay i'm gonna keep reading here so that's the challenge i always put out especially to the diehard like fanboys is that like this is more of a comic book universe than it ever was prior to endgame so it's but i do think that the the only thing though with
1: that is that's uh, i think that's a really good way to put it the thing with comic books, though, is you you tend to, you know, comic book readers tend to find a character that they like or a story that they like or a writer that they like.
0: Mm-hmm. And they
1: kind of, they really do stick to that and they, that, they follow that through. And I think with some of the past characters, even if there were big time gaps where you didn't see them, I think, like, the actors and mm-hmm. how they kind of portrayed the characters really sold them and people had a really strong connection to them. I have, like, a university student here in... Uh, in japan and she loves captain america and it's just because of chris evans captain america Yeah, and you know he's not around anymore but like she has stickers on her macbook and you know she has all these avengers goods and stuff and i think like certain characters do really sell this franchise people have that kind of connection with mm-hmm. certain characters or certain stories like you would with a comic book and mm-hmm. i think that's something that is slightly missing at the moment oh, yeah, 100%. i can't really name anybody that i'm I mean, Loki is probably mm-hmm. the uh, the most the person I'm connected to most who is still making you know content who's still yeah. actually in the the on the time in in the MCU.
0: And I agree with that. Like I struggle with that same thing too. I don't have a an individual character that I could point out like I used to with Cap and say like Cap's my dude. This is the story I'm following. I'm pumped for everything that comes out in and around his arc. I don't have that right now and I'm, I'm craving that. And they did rely in the past on this idea that Avengers movie comes out like every three years that you'd kind of, even if you didn't see these characters, you'd, you'd see them in an Avengers movie. They'd come like the Hulk or whatever. Right. And so I think we're missing a little bit of that piece too, where it's, and you can kind of see where it's going. I don't know if we can all see where all this is going quite yet, but we are, we are existing in a, in a very different, mcu than it was and we can always look back at it with with great fondness but i think we also do have to look forward and say okay where can we take this where can it go or where can they take it where can it go and how can we still have some fun with this because i'm really enjoying loki season two and i I can't wait to see what the other side of of episode four looks like so man it's we ended up saying okay we're just gonna talk about loki for a few minutes here and here we are 45 minutes in and <laughs> it's that that goes to show that this this show if you're not watching it you know i know a lot of people that just haven't gotten around to it, aren't making the time for it take a minute and go and watch it. We tried to, to degree, stay away from like major spoilers and all that. But I think if once you get into it, now that there's four episodes, I think you can kind of binge through this and start to really enjoy this piece of Disney Plus MCU content. I, I do too. And I think, you know, it's definitely
1: people are missing out on this show. I, even just from, you know, uh, uh, the point of view of, of filmmaking or whatever you want to call it, it's just mm-hmm. really well well made and well put together. The cast that they've got in this show. It's is awesome. you know, yeah. it's one of the best and just how they bounce off each other, you know, with OB in it now. And he's he's fantastic. And the visuals in it just look absolutely stunning. And I think as well, the storytelling in this is it's a little different. It's a little it's quite clever. And, you know, yeah. you have things happening at different times, but it's well explained and it kind of fits together really well. It's really well written. So I think, you know, it's definitely something that people need to to kind of jump on board with. And I do I think maybe they are actually kinda of worrying that people aren't watching this because I think today or it was yesterday they released they called it like a mid season but it's past mid season trailer. It's really long and it's just crammed full of spoilers. So don't watch Oh that. really?
0: I haven't watched any of that, no. Like
1: it shows lots basically most of the stuff in it is actually stuff that's coming. And it's like I think they're trying to really bring people in. Like, look, this is gonna be in. it. Look, we're gonna see this. Look, we're gonna get this. And they're kind of trying to bring. Well, I haven't back
0: I haven't watched any of the trailers, so I've I stayed away from. Spoilers yeah, just don't this
1: watch, one. don't watch that one. One trailer to watch though, not trailer. They like they released the today. They released the film a clip, a very short clip from um the Marvels, and it's yeah, really good. Okay. okay, cool. It's really really. Good. It's just a little action sequence, and. The music that's paired with it you kind of get an idea very much like the the last trailer that they released what they're kind of going with it and it looks so fun and some people have been criticizing me in the comments but i think most people have seen it saying look this actually looks like it's gonna be really fun mm-hmm. and i awesome. think that's what's that's that's what's gonna happen with the marvels i think it's it's gonna surprise people i think they're just going with you know, something that everybody can watch and have a really good time
0: with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's it, man. We got which... to get back to like enjoying things. I think as a whole, as a fandom, is just like, I'm, I'm, I was thinking about the other day, I sit there, it was on a little bit of, I went on a bit of a toy hunt this week with weekend with Carlos and some a good time. And I was sitting in my car after I was like, the world is just so messed up. I don't need to be <laughs> down on the things that I love. And I, and and here in the nerd Room, we, generally never really are. We're very positive facing (laughs) podcasts in this space, but I've disconnected from Twitter and I've, I've reemerged on Instagram. So at the NerdRM, I'm starting to post things there again because I find it just a very positive space where people are sharing the things that they love. They're sharing their accomplishments. They're sharing their passions. And I really like that where I found that Twitter has gone kind of completely the opposite way, where it's just the most negative place on planet earth. And it's just, mm-hmm. I, I said, I can't I can't live in an atmosphere, in an environment where the things that I love, the things that I want to love, the things that I want to enjoy are constantly being torn down and picked apart. Yeah. And you know what? All this stuff, nothing's going to be ever perfect. Nothing on planet Earth is perfect. But if we can have some fun with this stuff, and that's really what this show has always been about, is about having fun. It's about creating community. It's about just connecting with your inner nerd and that's that's what i just want us to focus on man it's just like let's have some fun with this stuff like it's like is doom and gloom enough we don't need to bring that into our fantasy worlds and the stuff that's supposed to de-stress and things that we're able to disconnect from from this awful place right now and and just have a little bit of enjoyment inside of the multiverse
1: Yeah, 100%, 100%. It's funny because just before this show, I was actually watching a YouTuber called uh, Displaying Model Behavior. He's he's a great um, toy collector uh, and he recently actually moved to Japan and he talks about stuff and he read out a comment and he's like, you know, he's really positive and he's talking about new toy releases and stuff and someone put a comment on YouTube and they were saying, basically calling him like an a-hole for for talking about toys and, and, you know, wanting things when there's all this stuff that's going on in the world like wars and famine and stuff and it's it's like what the hell like the guy's not allowed to enjoy collecting toys anymore because of all the stuff that's that's going Mm -hmm. on in the world and of course there's important stuff that we need to think about and there's things that we need to come together and fix as as humans but yeah you know we also need to concentrate on ourselves and and try and be happy and do things that we love doing and and, you know, as you said, be positive. Don't tell people that they can't like stuff when they, they do like it and let people enjoy the stuff that they do like and support that. And, uh, and and they'll do the same to you. And I think that's something that definitely with me, I've been trying to concentrate on, you know, just mm-hmm. focusing on myself. And uh, I did my toy room. I did a clean. took me like yeah. 48 hours. I was up to like 2 a.m. one night trying to like dust everything, which is driving me crazy. But again, I just re- it just reminded me how much fun it is to pick up yes. my action figures and play around with them and pose them. And I was pulling out books. I'm like, oh, I haven't I haven't read this for a while. I'm flicking through the books, and you know, sometimes you forget to to have fun with things. And I think it's important. Mm-hmm. That's that's why we we should be grateful that we're getting so much so much content. And whether yeah. we we love it or not it doesn't matter because majority of it is still it's still good. I think it's entertaining. We'll go and back to like the our early the eighties and nineties and just think of all the crap that used to come out in movies and we used to just enjoy it. You know, we mm-hmm. used to enjoy every movie that Nicholas Cage or John yes. Travolta was in, and and you watch them now and you think, my, I don't know, man, like <laughs> that was a bit that was a bit dodgy, but of the time, I think our mentality and... was different then, and we we kind mm-hmm. of, I think we we kind of compare a lot of things now. I think we I think we're spoiled. We get so much amazing Mm -hmm. stuff that we don't want to enjoy the good stuff. And and I think that's something we need to to kind of stop doing.
0: Yeah. And it's like we've been critical of things on here before, and we will continue to be constructively critical of things. But the thing we will never do is tell you you're not allowed to like something. You do you. If you, like, if you like some of the weirdest stuff out there, hey, man, if that makes you happy, that makes me happy. Enjoy that. I'm never going to yeah. come on here or go online and be like, you can't like this because it's bad. Well, I, that's not Tim, my... Tim, you can't like Victor Timely. I'm not going to... I'm leaving. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to put up with this. I'm out.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> How can you like that? <laughs> like, It is what <laughs> it is, you. man. If it, if it made me chuckle, if it made me laugh, if it makes you feel like I'm a lesser person because Victor Timely was a bit of a goofball and i kind of enjoyed the contrast to it that's cool man you keep that but just keep that to yourself <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's okay to keep things to yourself out there guys and we're gonna jump off the soapbox here because i just want to make sure that everyone out there no matter what you're doing no matter what you're watching no matter what makes you happy it makes you happy so keep doing that and that's the message i want to leave this podcast on because it's like just, just have some fun with it if it makes you smile keep doing it unless it's bad or illegal or <laughs> stuff don't don't do that yeah, like <laughs> burning shit down makes you happy there is a just line there is a line, too. there is a line but i'm talking about nerd stuff let's just <laughs> it to the nerd world so anyways man all right we uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sign off here this has been a ton of fun i like talking this this is it's been a it's been great to uplift to feel good to feel a little lighter walking out of the room and i hope you guys at home feel that way after hearing Ian and I try to, to to weave our way through a very complex multiverse show that at times makes or is hard to make sense of. But it's a lot of fun to watch. So with all that being said, Ian, my friend, where can people find you online?
1: Yeah, um, I'm still on X. So you can catch me on X um, at Tokyo underscore Joey, I think. Um, and just come chat to me on there. Like I try to keep things pretty positive. Mm-hmm. And the people I follow, I you know, I'm quite kind of strict with that. So I don't really get to see a lot of the bad stuff, and I, I enjoy my time on there. So yeah, just jump on there. And of course, here on the Nerd Room uh, every couple of weeks, if you yes. we can, uh, catch catch me on here.
0: Awesome. Yeah, well, I look forward to chatting with you in a couple of weeks. And you guys can find me, oh, try over on Instagram. At The Nerd RM, I'm going to be posting some of my recent hunts. I'm back toy collecting again, which I've been having a lot of fun with. And then you can find me over my other podcast, The Podcast Experience. There's a couple episodes up there now where I interview podcasters and just talk about how they started podcasting, why they podcast, and what really excites them about, about podcasting, about bringing a voice to a different space, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, or something completely different. It's gonna be Yeah, I strongly there, so. recommend
1: that. I, I listened like the the twin I I really enjoyed that Twin Suns the Twin Sons episode. Yeah. I think you know, you know people sons. really need to listen to that. It's really you know, it was really really great stories um and how these, these podcasts come together. And I think mm-hmm. you know, you get a lot of enjoyment hearing how and again it's you know, people's passions for stuff and yes. the fact that people involve family and, and uh you know, that connectivity that comes from podcasting, I think it's quite important. It tells you know there's some really interesting stories out there and it kind of teaches us that podcasting actually it can be very meaningful for for a lot of people so, yeah, extremely meaningful.
0: yeah yeah awesome well, i appreciate that man so with all that being said for the nerd room i'm tim and i'm ian and thank you so much for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim and carlos on twitter at the nerd rm and cdn kate crusade for more content from The Nerd Room, check out the Nerdroom.net and the Nerd Room YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room.